Today's podcast is brought to you by Progresso Talent Partners, who for more than 25 years have successfully delivered interim and permanent leadership talent to transform businesses. To hire the talent you need to enable your business to thrive, visit www.progressotalent.com today. Astrology listeners, welcome back to another fascinating episode of the Astrology Podcast, where once again, we're reflecting back on some of the messages and lessons that could be learned from the incredible array of guests we enjoyed through 2023 as a brief precursor to what will be another fabulous array of guests for the year ahead. Without further ado, let's get into it. And I want to start with episode 78 from 2023 with just an incredible character somebody that has had such an incredible array of life experiences a worldview that is absolutely full of revelations based on frankly uh, harrowing childhood wartime experiences from the second world war an incredibly studious mind uh, someone who's relentlessly seeking life's answers and offers a perspective on finding ourselves and seeking stillness that is utterly infectious. And that is the wonderful Udo Erasmus in what was really insightful. So many takeaways from this particular astrology episode, uh, just a portion of which reflected on the incredible wisdom of this truly inspiring man. So without further ado, I give you Udo Erasmus. born in Poland during the Second World War. It was part of Germany at that time. My parents came from Latvia and Estonia. And they, when Hitler and Stalin made their non-aggression pact, I think it was 1938, Latvia became part of the Soviet Union and part of Poland went to Germany. And there was nobody from Latvia or Poland at the meeting. They just took it because they could, right? So my father lost his farm in Latvia and he was given a farm in Poland. And the Polish farmer became his farmhand. Like, that's pretty crazy. I was born on this stolen farm. They, they figured it out. They said, look it, let's run the farm like the farmer needs to be run. And at the end, when this craziness stops, we'll sort it out. And they became good friends. And they, uh, so they ran the farm together. Then the war ended when I was two and a half. It was a winter. And we were fleeing out of Poland into Germany on horse-drawn hay wagons, mothers with young children, on dirt roads without any military presence. And we were being chased by tanks and trucks, Soviet tanks and trucks. And the allies, which we like to think of the good guys, were using us as target practice, shooting at us from planes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't didn't know that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was there. (laughs) Right? Okay. And my mother got very, uh, well, you know, it was there were dead horses and dead people in the ditches. And my mother decided that it was safer to go through the snow-covered fields than to stay on the road because they were shooting at the roads, right? That's where all the refugees were. But she had six kids with her, and she only had two hands. 
So she said, uh, I'm going to take two of the kids and I have to leave four of them behind. So I got left behind on a farm and it, they, the farmer took me to Berlin. They were supposed to be relatives in Berlin. They had already fled. So I ended up in an orphanage and eventually her sister found out what happened and she went and looked, found us and reunited us with the family. I don't know how long that was, a month or two weeks or but for a two-year-old, probably fairly intense. And I don't remember so much of that other than I never felt safe. I was always like this. Never felt safe. Never knew what I could depend on because, you know, you got told one thing one day and the next day you get told the opposite and somehow that was supposed to be okay. And, um, and so I was very, very shy as a kid. I remember being hungry. I remember eating more than my share of the limited food and uh, you know, catching heck for that, <laughs> you know. And I, when I was six years old, and that's, I think, when my, my focus uh, started. We were living in Germany. People were arguing about all kinds of really trivial things. And I was six years old. I listened to that. It always made me uneasy because it was so intense. And I, it occurred to me, man, there must be a way that people can live in harmony. And this little cocky voice that you know, doesn't know how complicated everything is, says, I'm going to find out how. <laughs> how are you going to live in harmony? I'm going to find out how. That's been my driver all my life. The next short clip from Udo is essentially his answer. I mean, this is really podcast gold as I see it. It's his answer for us seeking the way to live harmoniously. And I think rather than me elaborate on that, I'll let Udo share with you just what is a truly insightful perspective on the desire to live harmoniously. We have something riding on all being able to live together in harmony in the world. We mm. have something riding on it. Survival is what we have riding yeah. on. It. And we're playing, we're toying with destroying everything. So the reason why cells can do it and we don't seem to is because cells don't have a mind that can pretend to separate itself from life. Like we have a mind and thoughts and most of our thoughts are unnecessary. Our cosmologies, our philosophies, our religious concepts, like all of that stuff is not helpful to reality because reality is simpler than that. Hmm. You know, you're, you're hungry, you eat, you're thirsty, you drink, you, you need to breathe, you take a breath. You need to go go to the bathroom. You go to the bathroom. You, you know, you 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 know, sex is si even simpler than that, right? If you don't have to wade through all the mental stuff, right? And uh, and the thirst of the heart to fulfill that is also simple, because you actually do nothing <laughs> to fulfill it. You right? That, that's the hardest thing to do, right? Because we're so into into our head trips. And then we have all these symbols and, you know, money and all of that stuff. Like no creature needs money except human beings. So we invented that and then that becomes distraction. So it's the mind that gets in the way. It's the thoughts we have that are not in line with the needs of the moment of the reality is what gets in the way. And then you say, well, there are people who are not getting food, but you're throwing your food, half of your food away because you have so much that you can't. Right, and then and then and then we don't create a system where that makes sure that everybody gets to eat, that everybody gets to drink, that everybody gets to be healthy, that everybody's basic needs are taken care of, because we're 
you know, we, we have, do all these other things that are like mental indulgences, you could say, right? And those take our time that we could spend helping by just indulging instead. And we're wired for living in harmony in every place except the, the surface of our cortex where all the thoughts are. Episode 69 of the Astrology Podcast in 2023 featured the incredible story of Jen Drummond. Jen talked of conquering mountains and uh, becoming breakproof, which is, is the subject of her book. She's an author, she's a speaker, she's an adventurer. She's the first woman to have scaled the second highest peaks on all seven continents, which arguably are the most and are certainly described as such by mountaineers, the most challenging climbs on the planet. But Jen had gotten to this point, never having climbed a mountain in her life. It was a life-changing experience. Frankly, she came incredibly close to death for her to realize how much life she'd still to live. Uh, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the truly inspiring Jen Drummond. So I was driving home on the highway and the side, like a reservoir on the side of the water caught my attention. And luckily my attention got pulled back to the road, but I was coming up very fast into a semi truck that was pulling a trailer. And I went to get into the lane to move around him. He started bumping into the lane too, because there was something on the side of the road. And my passenger side hit his back trailer corner and I went end over end over end and then started doing some sideways turns and eventually ended up stopping in the median upside down went to the hospital luckily i checked out okay the police called me a few weeks later said hey we've rebuilt this accident for safety purposes we can't build a scenario where you live let alone a scenario where you walked away so buy that car for the rest of your life because we have no clue why you're still here literally walked away. So were you able to get out of the vehicle? Well, they had to peel back the windshield and everything was crunched. Goodness. And then they had like, I had to wait till the ambulance came because they didn't know if like adrenaline was masking something or if I moved my spine, would something be wrong? Right. So I had to wait to rescue workers got there and I got to the hospital. We ran all the tests and I was fine. I did go home and about three weeks later, I did have to go into the hospital a couple of times because I kept spiking a fever. And we couldn't figure out where the fever was because it was like 105 or 104. It was a high fever. And we finally realized that the seatbelt had cut my breast implant from the pressure. And so we can joke about it now. The accident gave me a new lease on life, a new car, and new boobs. Like what more can a girl want? <laughs> <laughs> what a way of looking at it, right? But, a, but, yes. but, but an absolutely pivotal moment in your life. Very pivotal because also that happens. And then the police call and say, like, we don't know how you're here. And then a few weeks after that, a girlfriend of mine is running on a trail that you and I could push a stroller down. And it's wet out. She slips. She hits her head, never comes home. So I'm sitting there thinking, like, I survived this thing that there's no way they could even figure out how. She does something that's healthy and doesn't get to come home. And it was in that moment that I realized I don't get to choose when I die, but I sure get to choose how I live. And if I would have died a couple of weeks ago, there are so many things I wish I would have done with my life. I wish I would have 
swam in the ocean more, visited more countries, tried more foods, like given, it really pivoted me from, I don't care what you guys think anymore. Like at the end of the day, I'm going to die on my own terms. Like you have no control over that. So you can have your opinions. That's fine. Now I'm more concerned. What happens if this is my last decade or year or month or week or day? There's things I want to do before I leave this place. Isn't it true that it should take something quite so dramatic to change a perspective and an outlook and and ultimately a way of life? And I suspect that's true of so many people who've experienced life-changing events traumatic events, whatever they might be, but it should take something of that magnitude before a change takes place. I mean, I wish it didn't have to be that way, yeah. right? Like I yeah. I feel like the universe is probably nudging me a little bit, like little whispers here and there, but I wasn't listening. And so I needed the car wreck to wake up to say like, listen, Jen, like this is it. The sheer fortitude, physical strength, mental strength, the resilience required to climb a mountain, let alone to climb the seven second highest summits on earth is astounding. To have achieved that, never having climbed a mountain for the best part of 40 years of your life is just phenomenal. And I think Jen is a great example to us all of just what we can achieve when we put our mind to it and we simply take a step one foot in front of the other to work our way to some of the most incredible achievements, to really push ourselves, to really test ourselves. Jen was a great testimony and a great source of inspiration throughout her podcast. It's, a, it's an incredible metaphor for life and so much. I, I don't want to give you know strategies to build resilience and achieve your life goals as the book title, Seven Strategies. I feel like I'm I'm at risk of giving much of them away <laughs> just by no, no, sharing no, no. There's so many, there's so many oh, right? But there's it, so many stories. And what I did is like, I just took all these stories from the mountains and then we said, okay, here's the general message and here's the general message and here's the general message. And then it gives the reader like questions to ask and things to think about so they can apply these to their lives because we're all climbing mountains. Just most of us are metaphorical. Right. And so as a metaphor for life, I don't think that I don't think there are many better. Exactly. And so you're sitting there thinking, okay, well, here's the physical thing and you get this story and you get to feel it at some level that maybe you wouldn't understand if you didn't read, which is a fun place to be. And then you come back to your life. You're like, oh, I know that. Okay. I get how that can help me. Like one of the principles is big mountains take big teams. If you have a big goal, you're going to need a big team to make that goal happen. If you want to achieve small in life, then sure, by one person, go ahead, do your thing. But to do big things, that takes a lot of people. So you need to be good at communicating and empowering and inspiring. And you need to know, like, here's what I am. And then the people around you are like, yeah, we want to be a part of that. Let's lift you up and make it happen. I think the other thing that strikes me is that coming on to, you know, the fact that it is seven mountains in your case yeah. is also a great metaphor for life because it isn't we, we are all climbing mountains to your point but it's never just one and it's you know that you you get to the point at which you think right I've peaked I've reached the summit fabulous there's that euphoric moment you breathe it in and you got to get back down again and get ready to get back up the next one and that is a great that is life right that is yeah, life yeah you want to get up the other like yeah. uh, there's like a there's some proverb out there and I think it's a Haitian proverb that says 
there's a mountain after a mountain. There's always more mountains, right? Like there, we'll have mountains our whole life. And the idea is like, oh, I was on Everest. We were on the top of Everest for 10 minutes. Now I come from a very healthy background. So it took me a year to train for Everest. I was on the side of the mountain for three weeks. We got to the top and came down. Like if I did all of that for the 10 minutes on top of the mountain, I missed the whole purpose of having that be my mountain because it's not the summit. It's all the things that you overcame or you learned about or you experienced or you became or you saw like, oh, here's where my edge is. How do I make that edge like further out? Here's who I am in this environment. I'm proud of how I showed up. Here's areas that I need to get better at because I want to be a different human than the human that I was that showed up that way. And so this goal of this mountain gave us the direction to become the people that we get to become on the journey. And we celebrate the summit because the summit is the summation of all the things we overcame. Otherwise, if we just wanted summits, we get on a helicopter, fly to a whole bunch of them, take photos and do the next one. No one does that. They don't do that because they want the climb. Miley Cyrus was right. Okay. <laughs> it is the climb. <laughs> she, she got it right. Listen to Miley. <laughs> Jed's outlook as to just what we can achieve if we simply just take that step, that first step on a path and just focus on one step in front of another, one moment at a time, living very presently, living in the moment, but that what we are capable of is truly astounding. And Jen was a great example to us all. When we eventually step off this mortal coil, we will do one day. Is there a particular legacy you hope to leave behind? Yeah, I want people to be Jen lived. Like Jen chose to live. She chose to experience. She chose to try. She chose to test her edges. She chose to love. Like, again, I don't get to choose when I die. I get to choose how I live. And am I choosing to live in the moments that I'm living? I want to take this opportunity, listeners, to thank you for your incredible support. The Astrology Podcast, it's fair to say, has been a wonderful journey for me personally. Uh, it's been an incredible experience and continues to be an incredible experience. The lessons that can be learned from the extraordinary stories of people all around us is a great source of inspiration and insight and motivation. I'm really excited by what we've got ahead. There is simply so much more to come from Astrology. So please do continue to tune in. Please do continue to support the pod. Please do continue to share the pod with those that you think will benefit from the inspiration provided by the incredible array of guests that we enjoy. I really appreciate all you've done to get us to this point. Some really exciting developments to come. Really excited as to where astrology is headed and really, really appreciate you coming along for the journey.
Just a reminder, today's podcast is brought to you by Progresso Talent Partners. Visit www.progressotalent.com today for more information.